Listening to Hollywood on Motorcycle Madhouse on iTunes and all major podcasting platforms. You're listening to only the best internet radio station in the world. No, the universe. And how you guys doing? Welcome to Motorcycle Madhouse Season 3, Episode 15. The Biker PC Cancel Culture, man. I'm telling you. Attention, attention. Read all about it. The PC Cancel Culture has invaded the biker scene. What in the hell is going on with bikers? Maybe it's because social media has brought this politically correct crap out in the open. But I never remember people being so damn soft. Personally, many of these so-called bikers would have flaked out in the 90s when I first came into the scene. I've spent over 25 years or so in this lifestyle. I never thought... I'd see the day when most bikers would get offended or butthurt like they do today. Do you know who I actually feel sorry for? I feel sorry for the next generations of bikers. Ones that are, I don't know, 25 to 35. All this age group will ever know is how to be PC. This new generation will probably never be able to enjoy or experience a knockdown drag out party. You know, the ones where you smoke 420 all night and do lines on a bunch of broads tits? Most will miss out on doing a couple of hotties at the same time because they are worried about their old ladies catching them. But here's a secret for ya. Get your old lady to join into the mix you might actually find out she eats pussy better than you. Now, before all you snowflake drag queens get into that PC trip, don't knock it until you've tried it. Hey, you might actually like it. Nowadays, all I hear from some people is, I'm in love, or I won't do that because I've got a woman. Bullshit. That's just something to use as an excuse because you would be lost in the middle of two bombshell bitches. Come on. Admit it. You know I'm right. <laughs> you know what? What is parties consisting of nowadays? Oh my god, let me tell you. I recently attended a so-called biker party the other day. I hated it. And why? Because all everyone was doing was standing around drinking and talking shit. Hell, there weren't even any bitches dancing or showing titties. What the hell kind of party do you call that? What's even more funny was this dude who invited me talked it up like the party was going to be the second coming. <laughs> oh yeah, by the way dude, you suck. It was one of the worst parties I've ever been to. Furthermore, 
That will be the last party of his I go to. You know, call it nostalgia. But I really cannot stand these parties people have now. These parties just don't add up to what I'm used to. For one, I don't drink. Secondly, I don't go to parties just to stand there and watch everyone talk shit about something they've never done or never will do. Shit. There wasn't even a decent band playing. This is why I cannot stand going to big rallies anymore. I've been to Daytona, and let me tell you, I was bored out of my mind. I will tell you what I do miss. I miss the old hill climb weekend parties. I miss the parties where you just lay down your rack the next to your bike and don't climb into it until about Sunday morning. Yes, those types of parties used to exist. Not this standing around bullshit. When did the scene start turning all this politically correct? How did it happen? It, you know, well, maybe it may, you know, it really doesn't take a genius to know where it all got started and where it started going wrong. I put all the blame squarely on those damn middle age crisis motherfuckers. You know, the ones who reached their 50s and had to try and relieve their younger years by getting their first Harley Davidson. Ugh. That's when the scene started to go downhill. For me, anyways. See, I won't step foot into a Harley-Davidson dealer to just hang out. If I'm going to the dealership, I'm either going for parts or getting the bike service when it's something too in-depth for me to do. You know, I'm not trying to be a dick here, but what the fuck is it with people hanging out at a dealership having coffee and donuts? I thought that's something cops do. Personally, that shit is silly as hell. If you want to hang out at a dealership, here's my advice. Then go over and get to know your local independent shop. I can assure you, it will be a much better experience than hanging at a Harley dealership. Who knows? You might even see a pair of titties or get an old graybeard story. Who hangs out the most at the Harley dealerships? Come on. Come on, you guys know. You got it. The damn middle-aged crisis motorcycle enthusiast masquerading as bikers. Now, don't get your panties in a bind hog for what I'm about to say. I was invited to attend a hog meeting, I guess you can call it. When I left, I thought I was in the twilight zone. I basically asked myself, what the fuck did I just attend? I couldn't believe I just wasted two hours of my life attending this event. I should have known better than to go inside, especially when the meeting was being held at a golf course. Yes, a fucking golf course. Sad state of affairs, I'm telling you. And sorry, but I just can't get into the expensive leathers and Harley gear. I don't know how many times I've been asked over the years on why I don't wear a vest. I actually used to wear a vest when, you know, I was in a club. Other than that, I've never put on one ever again. And to be blunt, I hate the damn things. Don't know what it is, but I just cannot stand a vest, leather, or denim.
Give me a t-shirt, snapback hat, and some jeans, and I'm happy. When it does get chilly, I'll put on the leather I've had since the 90s. I'm not one of the who goes and spends a buttload of money on a nice and shiny leather jacket. Unlike many of these new jacks do. You know why Harley-Davidson t-shirts cost so much? It's because the company has a bunch of weekend warriors buying the shit. You know, sure, t-shirts from the company used to be a thing, but giving them that much money is crazy. But hey, if people are stupid enough to buy them, have at it. I know Harley-Davidson will appreciate your dumb asses ditching out 45 bucks on a $20 t-shirt. And oh yeah, made in China, you dumb asses. Now do you see why the scene has become PC? Bikers used to be a smart breed. Bikers used to question everything that came across them. Now it seems that this new biker is just plain dumb bucks. Okay, maybe I'm being incorrect when I say bikers. Motorcycle enthusiasts. The other day, this is funny, I got into a big argument with one of these idiots. This little jackass actually said that the stuff my generation did was out of style. That's about the only thing we agreed on. Nothing is like it used to be, that I can tell you. You know what the argument was about? Yep, over how broads were treated in my time and how it wasn't right. And I'd be the first one to admit the ladies were play toys. I'll accept the main piece if you know what I mean. This motherfucker went on a rant about how women are equals and shouldn't be treated the way they were in my time. Man, first off, women are not a man's equal. I'm sorry to say, men are king of the castles and it's been that way since the dawn of man. Notice I said dawn of man. Secondly, fuck all that women's lib bullshit. That crap is society's thinking. Not the way bikers used to think. Do you know how embarrassing it is seeing some of these so-called bikers being led around the pecker by an old lady? It's freaking... It's it's depressing and I can't even think about it. (sighs) I say men... Take your peckers back. People debate and ask all the time what a real biker is. My answer is simple. A biker is someone that lives life on their own terms and doesn't give a shit what others think. A biker doesn't lend his dick to some broad to lead them around by. Now wait a second. What about women that ride motorcycles? Yeah. What's your point? I call them chicks. Believe it or not, the scene is a male deal. Just because people got soft doesn't change the fact the biker scene will always be about the male. It's a man's world, like it or not. And sure, there are some badass chicks out there, but that's all they are is chicks. I'm not someone who's politically correct. You guys should know that by now. You new jacks can keep that shit. Do you know why 
you will never have the ability to enjoy the scene as it should be. It's because you decided to give your manhood away. Take some advice. Take your peckers back and act like men. If you do that, you'll see just how much better the scene becomes. Get rid of your politically correct bullshit. Go out there and party and ride your ass off. Live like it will be your last day on earth. The happiness you will find doing that will be unmatched by anything you will ever come across. That's true freedom. Freedom to choose your own path on your own terms. Your own terms, man. (laughs) Anyway, we're going to be taking a commercial break real quick and then you're going to be hearing some kick-ass music from She's My Rattlesnake by Sly Diggs. Uh, This is a band overseas in the UK and one of our followers over on most of our platforms, YouTube, MotorcycleMadhouse.com, all that stuff. And he sent a kick-ass song, let me tell you guys. You guys got to look him up. Sly Dogs over on uh, Spotify, iTunes, the whole nine yards independent bands man if you got uh music you like to get played on the show send it over and i'll take a listen and if it's good hey we'll play it on the air just remember man we're not looking for just uh guitar playing or uh drum bands we're talking about full songs man it could be rock it could be blues it can be country it can be well preferably southern rock (laughs) you know some of this country stuff is no better than you know pop music man but uh anyway we're gonna get to a fast commercial break and then she's my rattlesnake by slide dogs and later in the show we're gonna be uh listening to russ nagel on cops man this is a funny freaking act and then we're gonna get into some uh motorcycle rights uh legislation out there time to get a hold of your freaking congressman and all that good stuff but uh let's take a quick commercial break if you're looking for up-to-date biker news then insane throttle is the place to be daily editorials and news that is dedicated to the biker scene come on over and join the number one internet biker news site at harleyliberty.com hi this is john with exit 27 and you're listening to hollywood on motorcycle madhouse Want to hear more of our music? Head on over to Spotify or iTunes. The number one internet biker radio show is now available on Spotify and all major platforms including iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and more. Don't forget to become a subscriber on any one of these platforms so you can be notified right away when our weekly episode is uploaded so you never miss an episode. Let's go, go, go.
There is a lot of writing clubs that try to fly under the radar, get away from protocol and stuff, but they're doing it to act like a motorcycle club. You know, they'll go out there, they'll throw on the RCs, the whole nine yards, but they are actually trying to be an MC without actually having to go through all the protocol stuff. And one of... uh, the ways you can tell when a riding club is actually trying to act like an MC is they'll throw an RC on that back patch, but next thing you know, they have rockers on their patch. Most riding clubs, and it used to be uh, a one-piece patch was a riding club or association, a two-piece patch was a non-one-percenter, and then the three-piece was the one-percenter uh, patches. That's all out the door nowadays because everything in this freaking lifestyle is backwards compared to what I remember it being. Uh, but some of the good riding cl- there's a lot of great riding clubs out there. and Most of the time they'll wear a one-piece patch. They'll have the RC somewhere in there. They won't claim state, none of that stuff. And, you know, your hog group... Uh, that's a riding club, and most people don't get or don't know the history. It was actually the manufacturers that started riding clubs back in the day. That way, you know, people would coalesce around their product, go out, enjoy everything. You know, it was a sport back then. And that's kind of like what Hog is right now and has always been is, you know, a group of riders, you know, like-minded that wants to go out there, ride, go to events. Uh, They don't have any, you know, particular bylaws where it's stringent, where you have to give your life away. Uh, Basically, the way it is with, you know, depending on what kind of motorcycle club you're in. Uh, But then there's the AMA clubs. uh, That's the American Motorcycle Association clubs. A lot of people go to them. And personally, I know everybody bashes on them. I like AMA. Uh, I like AMA for the flat track racing. I like it for the hill climbs. I like a lot of the motocross stuff they do. Uh, they're really geared towards that type of stuff. They got the uh, the Gypsy uh, Tour, uh, something that's been going on for decades. I really like the AMA because of the discounts and all the member benefits, man. <laughs> they got a lot of them. They really do. Uh, and a lot of motorcycle clubs uh, really don't bother, you know, those clubs much that are AMA affiliated because they know, you know, they're not out there trying to be something they're not. And I think that's a big problem with some of the riding clubs nowadays is they're trying to be something they're not. I always say, well, if you want to be in a motorcycle club, why try hiding it? Just go out and do the right freaking thing. Uh, I know there's a lot of people that are against protocol, but there's reasons for it that I'm not going to get in here. You can go to Black Dragon or Big Cell's channel, check it out, and, you know, they've been around. They can tell you about that, so I don't really want to get into the protocol crap, uh, but they usually want to, you know, skirt around that stuff. They want the look, but they don't want to put the work into what it takes to be an MC, and if you watch my past videos uh, going all the way back when we first started this channel back up last year, you'll see how I talked about, you know, I know there's a lot of people that don't like it, but it's the streets, that's the way tradition's been, and that's the way it's always going to be, I don't think you're going to stop that stuff, uh, 
And people get bugged when you act like you're something you're not. This is especially true, again, when RCs are wearing rockers and all that stuff. To the public, they look like a motorcycle club. And if they're out there doing something stupid, it comes back on the dominance. It comes back on other motorcycle clubs. And personally, I don't think it's right either (laughs) for them to go around. You know, a lot of people put in some hardcore time to be in an MC, to wear what they're wearing, to get the reputation that they get, while you got the others that just jump in. So, you know, a lot of people out there that's been around the lifestyle understand what I'm trying to say right there. Uh, other great groups are, well, the Moose Riders, for example. I actually got an interview coming up. We're going to do a video uh, interview with uh, one of the state representatives of Moose Riders. Now, Moose Riders, I'm a big fan of. I've actually been in the loyal order of Moose for over 20 years. Uh, Really great organization. They're about Moose Heart, Illinois. Anything to do with helping kids, I'm really into that kind of stuff. Uh, They got the orphanage over there. Then you got uh, the retirement community down in Florida. But the Moose Riders, you got to be a member of the Moose. And they're all over the place. And their patch is basically Moose Heart, Moose Haven with a moose in the center. It's a one-piece patch. They don't have any territory on it. That's a riding club. Or you got uh, the Honda Riders or the Victory Riders. I don't know if they still got Victory Riders since they uh, got rid of it, but they probably do. Uh, A lot of manufacturer type of uh, deals. Then you got a lot of uh, associations that you can join. And the biggest difference is is those rockers. And most of them are going to have a one-piece patch. With a riding club, all you do is send in your money. You're not prospecting. You're not doing any of that type of stuff. And when you get a riding club that starts prospecting, starts running like an MC, well, what do you expect is going to happen, man? People are going to start taking notice about what you're doing. It's just common sense. So you got to know what a true riding club is, social club, association, whatever you want to call it compared to those trying to act like something they're not. Now, if you're going to join a true riding club, you're going to pay your money. Uh, you're going to go ride, have fun, do your thing with people that are uh, you know, like-minded like you that really don't want the commitment of an MC but want to get together, ride, have fun, the whole nine yards. And that's why I'm always saying... Go join a freaking riding club, man. It's awesome. Or stay independent, whatever. You know, you got A-Bait. You got uh, Motorcycle Rights Foundation. There's so much out there other than motorcycle clubs, which people are not ready for. Personally, I don't believe most are ready for clubs because they really don't understand the commitment, the money. It's expensive to be in a motorcycle club, let me tell you. You know, I've seen people where they had a hard time paying their dues, man. I really did. Uh, But riding clubs, there ain't that pressure there. There isn't that uh, where you got to choose sides. You don't have to be on one side of the fence or the other. You can go out there and really enjoy enjoy what the scene is about. I actually say 
and I argue this in many of the uh, op-eds I've done, is the writing club is actually the truest form of the traditional club that you can get. Because, again, when everything, you know, motor, from the time motorcycles came off that assembly line, they had riding clubs from the manufacturers. Then, of course, it turned into the race teams. And from the race teams, you had the clubs that came out. And then you had all this, you know, different subsets within the scene that started up. So riding clubs are the truest form that you're going to get. And I truly believe is the most fun you know, I love not having responsibility. Me personally, I don't know how you guys are. I love not having it. I love not having commitments anymore. I love just being able to go out, ride with a bunch of buddies. And if you're in a riding club, that's the same thing. Now, riding clubs, you're going to probably have a mixture, a true riding club anyway. Or, you know, I see a true riding club is going to have male and female in it. Uh, you got hog, again, AMA, a lot of them. But when you again, when you get a writing club that's acting like an MC, you might not have uh, women in it, or you might have. I don't know. Again, as you know, so much has changed; it's unfreaking real. So just keep that in mind. Motorcycle Madhouse on Spotify and iTunes Radio.
the police. A lot of comics talk about them. I think they do a fine job. One of my favorite shows is Cops. Comes on Saturday nights on the Fox Network. They were filming it live last week in my hometown. I was watching it, and uh, all of a sudden, my front door got kicked in. <laughs> all I saw was the back of my head on my TV. <laughs> I know that dude. <laughs> What are you going to do when they come for you? I'll run like the wind. <laughs> Actually, not, not that I would have to run. Have you all seen some of these cops that are on that show? <laughs> okay, look, I'm not saying these boys are out of shape. <laughs> but if you're on a foot chase and the cameraman passes you, <laughs> you might want to jump up on a Nordic track. That's all I'm saying. Drop the donut and jog. <laughs> Roll the donut and chase it. Hollywood's <laughs> Motorcycle Madhouse on Spotify and iTunes Radio. And what do you guys think about all these songs today, man? She's My Rattlesnake by Sly Diggs and Screaming Higher and Higher. And you know what? Every time I listen to Russ Nagel, I love the guy, man. You can check him out on uh, YouTube, and I think he might have a Spotify account and all that good stuff. So, okay, let's get into some legislation that will be affecting motorcyclists, man. The Motorcycle Rights Foundation just released an alert on the Motorcyclist Advisory Council Reauthorization Act introduced in the Senate. The release goes on to say that Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin and Senator Gary Peters, Democrat out of Michigan, oh my God, they're actually doing something, uh, introduced S-3249, the Motorcyclist Advisory Council Reauthorization Act, the bipartisan legislation aims to define the membership seat of the Motorcyclist Advisory Council, ensure more national motorcycle organizations are represented, and authorizes the council for six years. The Motorcycle Riders Foundation would like to thank the U.S. Senate for joining their colleagues in the House of Representatives for continuing to support the issues that are important to the motorcyclists all over this country. The legislation is the companion bill to H.R. 5234 introduced in late November in the House of Representatives by Reps Mike Gallagher, Chris Pappas, Harley Rondo, and Troy Balderson. Quote, It is critical that motorcyclists be considered in infrastructure planning, said MRF Vice President Jay Jackson. The Motorcyclist Advisory Council provides this forum. The MRF is excited to have the opportunity to present to the MAC the issues of concern from riders across the country. This legislation clarifies the membership of the MAC, which now will include five highway engineering experts from state or local governments, one state or local traffic safety engineer who is a motorcyclist, one roadway safety data expert on crash testing and analysis, and one representative from each of the following groups, a National Association of State Transportation Officials, a National Motorcyclist Foundation, a National Motorcycle Association, a National Motorcycle Manufacturer Association, 
and a national safety organization. Wisconsin has a rich history with motorcycles, and we know it's crucial to get input from the motorcycle community about how to keep roads safe and enjoyable for all, said Senator Johnson. Government needs to be responsive, efficient, and effective. Yeah, right. Making sure motorcyclists have a voice and a seat at the table is beneficial for everyone. The MAC will advise the Secretary of Transportation, the Administrator of the National Highway Trafe- or Traffic Safety Administration, and the Administrator of the Federal Highway. Administration on transportation issues of concern to motorcyclists, including barrier design, road design, construction, and maintenance practices, and the architecture and implementation of intelligent transportation system technologies. Quote, there's no better way to see all that Michigan has to offer than by riding a motorcycle, said Senator Peters, co-chair of the Bipartisan Senate Motorcycle Caucus. As I, motorcycle owner and rider, I'm proud to introduce bipartisan legislation to better give riders and manufacturers a voice on decisions impacting them. Next, we have legislation would close insurance loopholes that shortchanges motorcyclists. Contact your legislator today. A bill that would close an insurance loophole for Michigan. This is for your Michigan people out there. Motorcyclists need your support. Insurance reform legislation, SB1, passed this year limits the amount motorcyclists can claim for medical expenses when they are involved in a crash with another motor vehicle. The cap is determined by the amount the other driver is insured for. Caps can be as low as $50,000. As you may know, medical expenses resulting from a motorcycle crash can easily uh, exceed the amount And while motorcyclist claims are limited to the caps in the other driver's policy, the same is not true for pedestrians or drivers of other types of vehicles. They can claim no-fault benefits under their own policy. SB 528 introduced by State Senator Peter Lucido, a Republican from Macomb County, would fix this discriminatory situation by allowing motorcyclists to file a claim against their own policy, just as drivers and pedestrians can now. The AMA, American Motorcycle Association, if you're not a member, get over there and get your membership, man. They got a ton of benefits, man. The AMA goes back decades, and uh, they're also the main sponsors of Flat Track Hill Climbs and the whole nine yards. Working with A-Beta Michigan strongly supports this legislation, and we are asking you to contact your legislators to support this bill as well so if you're in the michigan area you want to get involved with this man uh the reason why we're doing a lot of legislative stuff during uh madhouse is because you need to get involved and contact your representatives you know motorcycle profiling right now is one of the biggest biggest issues uh, facing the motorcycle community there's a lot of people out there trying to fight against it right now ncom coc uh abate and more actually there was a a bill that down in alabama they finally got a senator to co-sponsor that uh bill (laughs) it is freaking about time man you need to get on these people 
You need to. Uh, let's uh, go, and uh, I'm going to talk about that bill right now before we go to uh, our next uh, song, Fallen with Flux, Living with Pain. Boy, that's a good one. But anyway, out of uh, WKRG, uh, Alabama Rep officially signs on as a co-sponsor of a biker profiling resolution. This is huge, guys. This is huge. Uh the update to the story is uh, Rep. Uh, Bradley Byrne has officially signed on as a co-sponsor of the resolution. Dixie Abate sent the Biker Dad blog a message about the development Tuesday morning. It is, let's see here, House Resolution 255-116th Congress. As many as half of all motorcycle riders say they've unfairly profiled because of their passion for riding. That is according to a 2016 National Motorcycle Profiling Project. Bikers have been pushing for a U.S. House of Representatives resolution, personally, I would like a law, to fight such profiling. Now, for the first time, an Alabama, excuse me, Congress member says he's going to back the resolution. Members of Dixie Abate, American Bikers Aimed Towards Education, met up with U.S. Congressman Bradley Byrne of Alabama Thursday at a local barbecue joint. He was there for a meeting greet. They were there to ask him why none of Alabama's members of Congress have jumped in to support the resolution. And he went on to say, I'm already familiar with the resolution. We've talked about it in my office. I thought we'd already made the decision to co-sponsor it. Maybe with all that's going on, we haven't gotten down to the actual decision point. But we're certainly going to be in support of that, Byrne told us. Everything that's going on is that Byrne is in the middle of a run for the U.S. Senate seat against three other Republicans, one whom will eventually face off with Democratic Senator Doug Jones. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't. Uh, I think Sessions is going to take that seat. Uh, Michael Stiber with Dixie Abate has been pushing for an Alabama member of Congress to throw their support behind the resolution HR 255. Quote: This is really just to bring it into awareness. Right now, there are 45 states that have co-sponsors. Alabama is one of the states that did not have a co-sponsor until now. Abate says that riders are pulled over by police just for riding or wearing biker clothing and law enforcement aren't the only people who profile them. Maybe you walk into a restaurant, you might get some different service. The resolution would not be a law, which I would uh, want them to push for. So it's just to get the word out about profiling. People come from all over and every walk of life just because you ride a motorcycle or because of the clothes you wear you're just not being profiled and that's not the way it should be rock on man they got them to officially co-sponsor now it's time for all you guys to get out there and uh ask your representatives to get involved in this it's real important to be involved in motorcycle rights 
club rights, the whole nine yards, because once you give up your freedom, you're truly not a biker anymore, now are you? <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to go and uh, we're going to listen to some Fallen with uh, Flux, Living with Pain.
Need your daily dose of biker news? Then what are you waiting for? Visit HarleyLiberty.com and keep up to date with all the happenings in the biker scene. And wait! There's more. Insane Throttle Biker News is now on Instagram. Come on over and give us a follow and get special video content not seen elsewhere on the net. Just type in Insane Throttle Biker News in the search bar. In your face, all over the place. We're online 24-7-24-7. Okay, what drew me into joining a motorcycle club? Many times over the years, especially since I started Insane Throttle and it grew in popularity, people have asked what drew me to joining a motorcycle club. It's a great question, one that has been asked of many people, I'm sure. I tend to think this question is most often asked by new riders and regular everyday citizens who are not educated about motorcycle clubs, which is fine. But I believe it comes down to curiosity. Most people dream of riding in a pack side by side and partying Till the cows come home. I freely admit that's what I thought about the scene when I came into it at a young age. Looking back, it's a totally different outlook now that I'm older. It's kind of surreal when I think about it. Or surreal. <laughs> that Chicago accent coming in there. People can't get over that accent sometimes. Anyway. When I look back on some of the things I've done and went through, it makes me laugh, but it also makes me regret. The dream of riding in a pack side by side and the parties came true, but the negatives outweighed the good. I think the biggest regrets I had were politics. Politics in the motorcycle club scene is harsh. Clubs may talk about brotherhood, but most of the time... It's not the case. It's these experiences that always led me to doubt brotherhood. Here I was within a group of so-called brothers watching most of them tripping over themselves to jockey for positions of, of favor, basically, and officers' positions. Basically, it became the survival of the fittest. I lived that way for so long being in a street gang that it was disheartening to say the least. Instead of dreams of partying and actual brotherhood, I was actually lucky that my health became shit where I had to leave the club. It sucks to say, but it's true. The politics were so bad within the club that I no longer had the will to be a part of it anymore. Another regret that I had was the toll it took on my family. My kids grew up without a father and my wife didn't have a husband. I was too busy with club stuff and living the life that I forgot about them. It's funny. The other day I saw a creator talking about how clubs don't interfere with being a father in the family life. I really knew at that point, when hearing that, just how old I've grown. It also hit me like a brick. 
on how much the scene has changed. I actually know what graybeards feel like now. What I once knew is gone. Swept (laughs) by evolution, I guess. When I went into the club life, that's all the life was about. The time you spent with the club was a daily thing. Time at home was almost non-existent. For disclosure, I have to say the intensity depends on the club you're in. Either way, a motorcycle club takes up a lot of your life. Would I do it all over again? Something I'm asked all the time. Honestly, no. When I reflect back, I understand now how much I truly lost. Am I saying it was the club's fault? No, not at all. The blame is on me and no one else. I was the one who decided to put the club before the family. This point right there is what I tried to explain to people when they asked me about clubs. Don't put the club in front of people. Don't put it in front of your family. No club in the world is worth more than your family. No club in the world is worth missing out on birthdays and holidays. Fortunately, I was able to capture what was left of my kids growing up. What I truly missed, though, was their younger years, something I wish I could get back all the time. Was the colors and image worth it? I can say with 100% certainty it wasn't. The experience might have been filled with fun times, but in the end it cost too much. As I said before, joining a riding club, something without the responsibility and freedom to do what you want. As much as I hate to say it, club life isn't freedom. Freedom is doing what you want when you want to do it. Freedom isn't about being dictated to or committed to any one thing. The best way I can explain a motorcycle club, it's like having a second job. What's worse? You're the one paying out, instead of the one being paid. I've been out of the club life for over, I don't know, about 15 years now. One of the things, looking back on it, is how much my health turned to shit. When you see a club, I want you to do something, especially if you're wanting to join a club. Look at some of the guys. Many of them will look tired and run down. Some of those guys who look like they're in their 50s are actually only in their late 30s and early 40s. This is especially true with official support clubs and 1% clubs. The lifestyle will always kick your ass no matter what people tell you. I learned that lesson the hard way. I don't hate motorcycle clubs. Motorcycle clubs were a big part of my life. Motorcycle clubs have a place in my heart and always will. But it's also my mission to inform people about the effects they have on a person and their families. Do I ever recommend or has anyone heard me recommend joining a motorcycle club? The answer is simply no. I've never told anyone to join a club. It's the opposite if you've ever seen or heard my work. I'm a big believer in riding clubs and motorcycle associations. Everyone knows the reasons why I push those, so I'm not going to rehash it. Here's the thing, though. I don't believe pushing only the positives of motorcycle clubs. 
shit. Some people would say I only talk about the negatives of the club life, and they might be right. Reality is very important for me, something that I want to make sure to convey. To those who have a way of thinking about how motorcycle clubs are, it's not all positive to say the least. If I had to put a percentage on it, I would say 35% positive with the rest being negative. What people don't get about me is I like to make sure all sides are expressed. Something I say time and time again. People in the club scene or their supporters are not used to this. They are used to hearing from people who are only for motorcycle clubs or from people who oppose them. One thing is for sure. Until I arrived on the creator scene, no one focused on the whole picture. It was either one viewpoint or the other. It's funny. People actually cannot tell which position I hold on clubs. This is because of the way I present the news or my opinions. This just means I know I'm doing my job right because it's making people think for themselves. Thinking for yourself was a trait to be admired in a biker, but not so much anymore. Thanks to change in attitudes and cultures. My personal belief is people try so hard to fit in, they lose their ability to be an individual. People nowadays believe in falling in line with others, even though they might not believe in what they are following. Screw being a biker. That's dangerous to anyone who wants a life of freedom. You know what I call it when people fall in line with the masses? I call it being a coward and not standing up for what you believe as an individual. Stop being a follower and be your own person. Another question I'm most often asked, are you afraid of what clubs think about you? No, and I'll tell you why. This is a business and a career for me. I'm in the business of giving people all the information regardless of who's who. Do I deal with threats? All the damn time. The way I look at it though, I have a job to do, like it or not. I've been through all the gang shit growing up, more shit than I ever had to deal with in a club. Threats don't faze me, especially when they are coming on the internet. I'm always out and about in the scene, never do I worry about ill will. Clubs for the most part understand I have a job to do. Clubs also know they couldn't have a better friend in the media than me. Clubs know I'm very fair. I will fight for clubs 100% when they are done wrong. They also know I will report when they've done something to make the scene look bad. Being your own person is paramount to this lifestyle. At least it used to be. And here's an example about being a follower. A social media post goes up. You may or may not agree with it, but you see everyone else has one view, and you don't want to express the opposite view. So what happens? Even though you don't agree with their view, you post with them instead of being yourself, out of fear of what people will say. That's being a follower. Take time to think about joining a motorcycle club. One of the most important decisions you will make before joining a motorcycle club should be knowing who you're getting involved with. I know most people want to hurry up and get patched in. This, in my opinion, is the wrong thing to do. My suggestion is to take a year hanging around and get to know the people and how the club operates. 
This very important step will help you determine if the club is right for you. Don't be in a rush. Anyone who gets in a rush without the correct information always loses in the end. You also have to remember it's not only your time you would be wasting. It's also the motorcycle club's time. So think before you jump in with both feet. And my conclusion is there are very important decisions you got to make before joining a club. Don't rush the process and sure to hell don't cut out your families. I once knew an old timer in my former club that died alone. Without any personal family attending his funeral. Just because he put the club first over them. One other small point. Do you know why you only hear about a few people making it to the 20 year milestone within a club? It's because one day they wake up and have the revelations hit them like it did me. The ones who wake up know that they've made mistakes in how they handled being in a club. Don't make the same mistakes I and others made. That's why I'm giving you this little, uh, how can I say, pet talk. <laughs> but anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Next week on Season 16, we're going to have a special guest interview that's going to be taking up most of the show. Again, if you're an independent band and want to get in the mix on Motorcycle Madhouse, send them MP3 over to info at insanethrottlebikernews.com again you gotta make sure that your mp3s if you're sending videos i won't convert them on my own you guys gotta take the time to convert them i'll take a listen to them see how they sound and all that good stuff so you just send them in and you'll get uh, heard on the show and a lot of people listen to this show man this is our wheelhouse don't forget that you got two channels now of mine insane throttle biker news and then our regular uh channel i'm just getting up now where it's all my opinions the whole nine yards that is at insane throttle on youtube until next time you guys take care and again thanks for listening i'll talk to you guys later well, that's it for this week's episode of Motorcycle Madhouse. Don't forget to go over to the Insane Throttle's new YouTube channel and also get your daily dose of biker news every morning at HarleyLiberty.com. If you haven't done so already, go like the new Motorcycle Madhouse Facebook page. And until next week, I'm James Hollywood Machikari. And remember, keep that throttle crack wide open.